hey guys, we wanted to do a cool soundtrack, but we don't know enough about copyright laws to do it. So we are Shane Wilson, Mike Frost, I'm Brian Copney, and we're trying not to get sued. All right, guys, so we got two guests on the podcast tonight. We've got uh, George Dorn, a singer-songwriter, and we've got uh, Brad McDaniel, who runs a nonprofit called Rook 22, and he runs a nonprofit about suicide among our veterans, which is a very serious subject, but we're still going to have fun with it and uh, talk shit and, you know, do our usual stuff. But I think the first thing we're going to get into is the Super Bowl. So, well, Super Bowl, you got two teams. For those of us who don't know who's playing, (laughs) George, living under a damn rock. Like I told you, man, I'm a musician, okay? I grew up with a guitar in my hand, not a football. God bless him. I had a football. I wasn't no damn good at it, but I had a football. Uh, We got Cincinnati Bengals. We got the L.A. Rams. Uh... The Bengals have been the underdog all year. Uh, for anybody that's listening, I really don't care what you think. I thought Joe Burrow was a bitch at the beginning of the year. Coming off an injury, I mean, I'll, no, I'll say this. And you can hear the hate in my voice. Motherfucker was just pretty. I don't like pretty-ass football players. Tom Brady's another one. <laughs> but he's proven himself throughout the year. He's played good ball. He's tough. He has to be tough. That O-line is a bunch of damn trannies. <laughs> oh, I can't say that. I can't say that. I can't say Sorry, sorry. Well, you can say it. You just have to be accepting of their decision. I do accept this. I accept their decisions to wear skirts while they're on the football field. But that being said. My God, I'd watch football then. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> and that lingerie Wait, football league. Brian's a big fan of the lingerie football league. I am. I'll tell you. I was just thinking about Tom Brady wearing a dress. <laughs> he is pretty. <laughs> but uh, Joe Burrows has proven that, that, that he's a, a solid football player. He's a solid quarterback. I think he's going to have a bright future in the NFL. Um, all that being said, though, on the other side of the ball, the L.A. Rams have a solid football team all the way around. They've got uh, D-line, uh, Aaron Donald, and Vaughn Miller are going to bust this dude's ass. On top of that, um, uh, who's that other guy? Matt Stafford? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cooper Cup is just, man, there are, all, there are defensive coordinators who see Cooper Cup in their dreams. That dude's just awesome. And then you throw in another um, que- a, a, a guy with questionable sexual decisions by the name of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That, I don't care what you think about him, dude can catch a football. Yeah, so, and and see, he didn't do nothing but do his self-favors by switching from the, the Browns to L.A. because everybody was out on him, thought that he was trash, and it was just the system and the, the it was, environment. It was the Baker. Yeah, yeah, Mayfield didn't like the cat. He didn't throw the ball to him. And he let his emotions get ahead of winning football games, is the way I view it. Because he's obviously still a relevant receiver because he's tearing it up in L.A. Yes. If I go into it, I think that I want the Bengals to win, but I think L.A. is going to win. But I'm okay with that, too, because I think Matthew Stafford was on a trash team for so long that he probably deserves something thrown his way. And We talked about it last podcast about how many – players, great players, the Lions have just run out of the league because they realize nothing's going to happen there. Megatron's another one. I mean, I mean, they're, they're just – Barry Sanders, say something. Yeah. One, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. I mean, 
Great runs, great highlight reels. I mean, dude was awesome. Never gonna get a ring. I'm just happy that we have a halftime show that's worth a damn this year. <laughs> First time ever. For we ain't, <laughs> we ain't seen it yet. Do y'all we remember? Do y'all remember that one time that they played football at the Prince concert? Because that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. I liked it. I well, liked it. Just football and Dr. Jacob. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, right. if we're being completely honest, one of my best memories of a Super Bowl is when they dropped Janet Jackson's titty out. I'm gonna say that. Agreed. Yeah, and then yeah. the whole Damn the right. whole world lost their mind. Well, I because heard somebody titty. seen a titty. Was it you? Was it you said there was rumors going around that Eminem was gonna bring her? Yes. Yeah. Eminem said as a protest of the NFL Super yeah. Bowl, he's gonna bring Janet Jackson out on stage. You know they banned her. So they should have banned Justin Timberlake. He's the one whipped it out. Eminem is bold enough to do shit. Yeah, but why would you call it like like this is this is my issue with shit like that is why would you call it an NFL protest while you're taking their goddamn money? You know, you're taking their money for the show, but you're like, I'm going to protest this shit. But yet, you know, still because pay we me. like money, still pay me. We don't have to like people. Because we don't have to like issues, but we like money. Because probably, truth be known, Doctor Dre said you're going to do this and okay. shut the fuck up about. I'm it. not producing your next album. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> His problems are sweaty. I mean, but sweet. if if we're talking about money, let's just smooth right on into the next uh, issue or money. We're talking about music. George, what kind of music you run, man? What kind of music you play? Tell me something good. So, what I'm, I'm going to tell you this because uh, I was listening to y'all's uh, one of y'all's podcast. I can't remember. I went through all 15 of them, and he's talking about uh, you know it helped our music. numbers, brother. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> most music you get into is just about anything except for bluegrass. So you'd be happy oh, to know, shit. Be happy to know <laughs> that I don't play bluegrass. I did, I did write yeah. one song about yeah. bluegrass, but uh, we do more. Uh, Country, southern rock, little old country, little new country. Depends on which band you listen to. I got two of them, so we we, we get a pretty good mix in there. I even throw a little bit of funk in there every once in a while. Yeah, Shut up! Oh. oh yeah, man, we do it. All right, that's what I want to talk about. You said come check you out. When's the next time oh. we can come check you? All out? right, so uh, y'all need to listen to this now. We uh, I got the call, and I'm gonna tell you what it's all about. But I got some shows coming up. The n- first one coming up is going to be on the 19th at the. Uh, Midway VFW, it's, it's actually Sophia VFW, but it's located in Midway. Now, uh, my uh, music brand and both of my bands, the George Dorn Band and the uh, Trailer Park Poets. Yes, I said Trailer That's Park awesome. Poets. Right? That's fucking awesome. If you come out and see them, you'll understand why we picked the name. But uh, we, we partnered up with uh, my new, well, I'd say one of my new best friends right here, Ruck22 uh, WV, uh, Brad. And uh, he's helped us put a whole lot of this together. Um, so we're going to be doing a fundraiser um, at these shows for a good friend of mine. And uh, if y'all ready, we go ahead and talk about that. Or... Yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's, that's so, uh, what I want to talk about. Yes. So what happened uh, February, right at February 1st, uh, a really close friend of mine, uh, Mr. Coulter Reynolds, he was a specialist in the U.S. Army. We were uh, deployed uh, to Baghdad, Iraq together, worked together every day. Uh, great, great, great guy. But unfortunately, he lost uh, lost his battle with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and and uh, he took his own life at the beginning of February, uh, leaving behind a, uh, a beautiful fiance, Katie, and uh, his uh, 15-month-old son, uh, little Colt. You know, I've talked to Katie. She's she's handling it pretty well, and 
a buddy of mine who's actually coming in from Oregon. He's flying in to help us do these fundraisers. Um, he's the one that called me and, and told me what happened. You know, he gave me a phone call and I only said one word and it started with F and it ended with duck or rhymed with duck, I uh, should I say. I called him back a couple days later. I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to make the funeral. It's all the way, you know, out on the West coast, but uh, I'll do what I can from here. So, uh, we've decided, uh, both of the bands are going to put all of our, uh, tips and, uh, and some of our pay. I mean, we've got a pair of gas to get out there. You know, right. We've got to cover yeah. insurance costs. We'll be able to donate it all, but a hundred percent of our tips and a lot of our proceeds from the show is going to go to, uh, the family of specialist culture rentals. And, uh, that's when uh, I made the phone call to Rook 22, uh, WV, cause I knew we needed some help. We really need to get this word out. And, uh, my buddy Brad here, I, I, I couldn't believe it when I talked to him. He's like, uh, man, I want in on this and, uh, tell you what I do. So Brad here, you got, you got t-shirts, right? You got all kinds of yeah, different I've, t-shirts. I've got a stockpile of t-shirts. Uh, I got window stickers or, uh, let's see. Window stickers, the uh, survivor bracelets. I've got a bunch of stuff um, that I made over the past three years by doing this, and it's all uh, the bottom line's covered for it. So it's all proceeds from here. So everything I sell out of Ruck Twenty Two WV that is one hundred percent profit. Is for the month of February, one hundred percent of that is going to go to Mister Reynolds' and family, uh, because like like I said on my video on my Facebook page, um, you know Ruck Twenty Two's mission is to uh, Identify and, and target those triggering factors lead to veteran suicide, um, but a bad part of, of that is, is is dealing with it when it happens, and any burden that we could take off of this beautiful family, I'm I'm all in. So, so uh, how long how long have you been doing this rut point two? Y'all do rut marches three years. Yeah, I've been yeah I've been doing it three years, and uh, actually on my thirtieth birthday, the year of my thirtieth birthday. Uh, I had a good friend of mine um, commit suicide. Found out some things with uh, uh, an organization called Mission 22. It's nationwide. And uh, I told all my family, I said, look, you know, for my 30th birthday this year, I don't want you to buy me shit. I, just take whatever money you're going to spend on me for my birthday, if it's any, and I want you to make a donation to Mission 22. Um, and so added to that, uh, I get to work, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm – Obviously, I'm not the picture of fitness, um, <laughs> but uh, I get to work, and a few buddies of mine was like, let's go to the gym, man. Let's start working out. So we started working out and stuff, and then I was like, man, you know what my favorite thing to do in the Army was? Rock marching. Ugh. And I said, <laughs> I said like, how badass would it be to, to rock march 22 miles in, in honor of my buddy? And um, so then on my 30th birthday, three years ago, I rock marched 22 miles. After putting the word on my Facebook and the people that I know spreading the word, it like exploded, and I had seventy other people there to join me. Man, that is and that's I've good done, stuff. I've done, uh, I've done two more across the state. Uh, obviously, my one here in Raleigh County, and that that was my first one. Then I went to Parkersburg and rocked twenty-two miles up there. And then I went to Greenbrier County. Up there. We're getting we're getting better at this uh, promoting thing, and uh, the social media is anybody huge. that ruck marches is. Oh man, especially in memory of somebody, they love that person because I hated that. Shit. <laughs> you know what's I good about hated marching? it. Dude, what's good? What I love about ruck marching is that it's you. Uh, in the army, they tell you your pace, but at the same time, it feels like you're at your own pace and you're in your own head. 
So you have 22 time. miles to fucking think about whatever the hell you want to think about. And if you got a buddy with you, you got 22 miles to talk about it, too. Sure. So, uh, I mean, in my mind, that's a good therapy tool. It is. It, but it at is. the same time, we're on, like, 22 miles is a long way. Yeah, so that's shit. I'm thinking 2.2 miles. Well, so, on my rug marches, I have 2.2 miles mm-hmm. on that. So, you know, I'll have an early start time for the 22 miles. And then later in the day, uh, someone back at the base, at the starting point, will start a two-mile run. And that'll, you know, that'll kick off. And then by the time the 2.2-milers finish up, the 22-milers will, will be finishing up. And then have, like, a big rally. At the end of the Count me in on the 2.2, bro. Yeah. I mean, yeah when, when, well, so if I told everybody that we had 2.2-mile runs, then nobody, then nobody would do the 22 <laughs> with me and it'd be me <laughs> like a jackass by myself. Have fun. Uh, do you have do you have a next twenty two mile march schedule? Not scheduled. No, I want I want to do one near July fourth, but I have a big convention coming up in September, which is a good time to do a ruck march because in West Virginia, a little cold. Yeah. What, the the weather. Yeah, the weather in West Virginia in September is just beautiful to do a long right. night. So. Now, can you yeah. talk about the uh, convention? Is that something we can talk about? Now? Uh, yeah, I haven't really advertised much yet because I I haven't got everything locked in. I do have. I do have my, uh, I, do, I feel like I'm on this side. I'm sorry. Don't You're worry. good, bud. You're well, good. Yeah, that shit <laughs> so, um, in September, um, I have a date set up, and I'll be announcing it on my Facebook page, and I hope you guys share it, too. And it'll be on uh, Instagram and all that, too. Um, but I have a convention set up at the Summers County, or uh, no, Summersville Arena. The Nicholas County Convention Center, whatever they call it now. Whatever they call it now. It's the armory up in Summer, Summersville. Uh, but I've got some big names coming in. I'm going to have uh, some bands there, hopefully the George Dorn Band and the Trailer Park Poets. <laughs> on there, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've got, you know, um, Matt Jones in the road and a few other guys, local bands going to be there as, you know, fillers in a convention. But basically what it is is veterans and first responders uh, in our state, you know, per capita in the population of West Virginia – West Virginia is top of the nation as far as veterans or first responders, aside from Texas. We lead the nation in the amount of people in the population. So, uh, can you throw out what in, you mean by first responders? In okay. every in oh. every in every war, too, we lead per capita okay. on people that so serve volunteers. Yeah. yeah, the volunteer well, took the draft out of World War Two. We just volunteered and said, "Fuck it, let's go to World War Two." Right, what, that's what West Virginia has done. But anyway, uh, like uh, first responders, what I mean by that is uh, law enforcement, EMS, fire, nurses, uh, and families, and veteran families, and veterans. Mm-hmm. I, I want everybody at this convention. And, you know, like when I first kicked this off, some of my guys that I work with were like, why don't we just do it somewhere big and nice, like the like uh, what's it, Stonewall Jackson Resort or the Greenbrier? And I'm like, yeah, but. If I were to sell tickets for people to come to a place like that, they're like $100 a ticket. Right. To see these big names that I'm bringing in, okay, I'll go ahead and spoil it. One of them is Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Oh, Marcus is coming. True story. Yeah. Marcus Luttrell is coming. He gives a real – I seen him at uh, Liberty University uh, a few years ago. I loved it. uh, But anyway, he's going to be here to give his story. There's some other people going to be there. but that's my big thing planned for September. It's going to be huge. I could probably use all the help I can get, but I've gotten this far, and I'm not going to quit now. It's not in my DNA. So. 
Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I'll make a deal with you right here. And, you know, if you, when you plan another 22 miler, I will go with you. I will walk it with you, providing I'm not in Texas or something. Yeah, because I, I can't plan. He's that totally out. fucking me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought tickets to see corn with my boy over here. Still your favorite band, huh? and I'm gonna be. I'm I caught gonna that. Be, I caught that. He he didn't throw it out there, but I caught that. I'm gonna be in apparently in Louisiana while he's watching corn. Yeah, and he thinks he's getting fucked. Brian can go. go Brian I will. I, I'll pay the fucking money. Like bluegrass. You don't need to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a, with a name like Corn, you know it's, it's you got to know what's going to happen. No, yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you. I've known Shane here a long time. We went to high school together, and and I'll bring up some of that here in just a little bit. But the, I want to say I can remember you in high school wearing corn hoodies and corn t-shirts. So that's a uh, I mean, you you must be a diehard fan, and you really like to put a little butter and salt on that and just go for it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat the inside and throw the inside away, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've, I've met about all of them, and every time I meet them, I almost cry. So. Right. <laughs> you bitch. You yeah. emotional. You Come on. on. I, I think, the, I, on. I think yeah. out of all the bands I met, the, the person I got more emotional about meeting was Phil Insomni from Pantera. I thought you were going to say Hannah Montana. Man, like, <laughs> I love Pantera, but like every time I've seen or met that cat, he's been a dick. Really? I, he's Dude. always been nice to me. Like, he's it, rough. And it's good, but, though. You know I what I mean? mean? If, he's, if, he, if that's him... I want him to be him. Well, I don't you, want. I don't you, want a watered you, down version of you. You if met him when he dick. was on fucking heroin, man. I met him when he was clean. He was cool. No, shit. I've met people on heroin. That motherfucker wasn't on heroin. You, you guys are you guys are lucky because George Dorn here is the most famous person I've ever met. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get out much, do you? <laughs> I did beat a, a Miami Dolphin cheerleader at Fort Bragg one time. So if that counts. Well, uh, Did that go straight to girls going wild? No. no. Well, no, I went off anger mode on her. And it was... uh, well, I tell you what, talking about meeting famous people, um, I lived down in Nashville for a long time. And uh, anybody know who, uh, well, y'all probably don't know who wasn't real famous. You ever heard of a guy named, uh, oh, what was his name? Mm. He sung Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, uh, Did you talk about Charlie Dane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I just remember that guy had a gold banjo. <laughs> fiddle. No, fiddle. Fiddle, fiddle. Yeah, yeah. So, fiddle made a gold. I had, the devil, I had a house down there. And, no, he rewarded the fiddle. Do you remember my ex-wife? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, got a, uh, I got eight acres in a log cabin uh, right outside Nashville, Tennessee. It's uh, right across the street. From uh, Charlie Daniels' studio, and about three houses down from his house, I tell you where it's at, but I'm not going to put that out on here. Yeah, I would. and my ex-wife absolutely loves it. I mean, she she's there. <laughs> she I'm loves here. it. My name's still on it. Not if you're listening, woman. Uh, I tried to call you a while back and offered to pay off what's left on the house to get it off my name, but uh, nobody y'all better stop me now. I'm start <laughs> no, 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 no. Can't hey, do that. Can't do that. That's the George. I hate to say it, but. That's in your past, brother. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I lived in Nashville for a while, and the only thing I got out of that was a DUI. So, <laughs> wait, wait, was you on Second Street? 
Yes, I was. Was this like April 19? Oh, we're going to say No, 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 no. Okay. I, I was down there doing donuts right in the middle. Right in the middle of Main Street. <laughs> yeah, I deserved it. I, I can't. I'm the only person that was in, in that Nashville Metro that was guilty. I deserved it. I did it. Yeah. Straight up. So, it's talking about famous people, me, famous people. I, I've met tons of people because I'm in, big in the middle and stuff. But one of the funnier stories is... So, me, my girlfriend, and a couple buddies had meet and greet tickets to meet Marilyn Manson, I don't know, maybe six years ago. So, the way they set this meet and greet up was, it was like in this room, but it was straight up curtains around him. So, you got to have one-on-one time with him. So, when you go in there, you get your shit signed by him. He would sign it, and you talk to him or whatever, and then next go around, you'd take a picture with him. So, now, mind you, I go in there, and I'm talking to him about TV shows and shit, and he's like, you like Sons of Anarchy? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, we'll watch it this season. I didn't think nothing of it. He was on it at the, the, yeah, the last he's, season. Yeah, he's fixing the fuck juice. So, I'm talking to him about <laughs> TV shows and stuff, and, you know, and I walked out, and there was a girl in front of my girlfriend who was like, oh, man, I just want to go up, and I just want to grab his fucking dick. You know, and stuff. Well, she had to leave the line to go back and get something. So Kelly goes in. He goes, please refrain from touching my penis. I'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Quick story about touching penis. I swear I'll stop. <laughs> no, it wasn't me touching it. Hold on now. Okay, maybe twice. but uh, Maybe twice. Today? So there's Twice today? Shh. <laughs> Come on, why, you, why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> That's in the past. What we, did I we knew say that was reason y'all gave us the same mic. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, look, let me just say this first. There's a difference between regular gay and army gay, okay, and military gay. I'm just saying. God One's worse it. than the other, and I'll let you to it. figure out what it is. But uh, I'm trying not to get sued, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Um, <laughs> how was that a show? Yeah, you like that little cut in right there? Mm-hmm. Trying not to get sued. Today, available on Spotify. Um, <laughs> so I was doing a show, and uh, I'll, I'll make this quick, I promise. I was doing a show, and it was down, uh, I won't name the campground, because they might not like it, but uh, it was down around uh, oh, uh, New River there, right near the falls, near Sandstone, and I was, I was playing this show, and we was having a real good time, <laughs> and uh, the stage is kind of high, right? And the dance floor is right below the stage, and it's all wood and nice, and there's a little fence in front of me. And uh, I see this big old girl, man, and she is getting into it. I mean, she is loving this music. I'm singing my ass off, and she's just grooving. I see her drag this damn table. She grabs this little-ass wooden table, drags it right in front of the stage, and I said, oh, shit, her big ass is about to get on it. <laughs> so this this little Debbie-eating uh, old girl jumps up on this table. And I'm talking, I know y'all laugh, y'all laugh out loud, this girl jumps up on this table and I'm thinking, oh Lord, she's trying to catch her breath, she's going, ho hos. I swear to God, after five minutes trying to climb up there, she was looking for a snack, but uh, (laughs) the girl was hungry. She gets up on this table, man, and she's eye to eye with me trying to sing a song. And I'm saying this, I can't name who it is, but it might rhyme with country girl snake it for me or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I'm singing this song and she's just going side to side looking in my eyes, licking her lips and all of a sudden... The intimacy! Oh my goodness. Sudden she disappears. 
Oh, son of a bitch and Houdini, where the hell did she go? That damn table gave up the ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I look over top of the railing and she's laying there. And she just kind of gets up real slow, smiles, and backs away into the crowd. Never saw again until the end of that show. Until. (laughs) So here's here's where we get to here's where we get the hands on penises, okay? So at the end of this show, I buy my boys a shot. So me and the band sitting up there and I grab a couple shots of tequila. I turn around, I got a shot in each hand. I turn around to hand one to my bass player and I've got the other one, but no. I turn around to two hands braced firmly on my tiny little package. Now, now wait a minute. I didn't mean to say tiny little package. I'm speaking the truth here. Uh, but uh, Truth always comes out first. She goes, I don't care. Truth always comes Y'all out first. Y'all can't see me. I'm naked right now. Um, <laughs> no, I turn around. She's got both hands on here and just smiling at me. And the only thing I can do is, uh, ma- ma'am. And about that time, her husband walks up. Yes. <laughs> and not, grabs her on the shoulders not and turns her around no. and takes her away. And he looks back at me, and I thought he was going to be mad. So I just put my hands together like I was praying. I looked at him, and I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they just got married two weeks before that. And yes. That, that, my friends, is how the fight started. Well, hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you. Two weeks into my marriage, if my wife's grabbing penises, we ain't going to be doing this 20 years later. No Let me shit. God damn. Woo! At two weeks in, I don't think I stop. Stop. Jesse listens. Love you, baby. Love yeah. you. She, she's definitely a listener. Mine's a nurse, so I guess she grabs them all the time. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't ask. I her. guarantee you. Yeah. Probably have to put. Uh, but if she brings was. home a paycheck, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Keep bringing it. Home. <laughs> See, my, mine used to be a CNA in a nursing home, and she's told me some stories. I, I'll get her up here one time for you boys and let her. Let her <laughs> Yeah, you was telling me she was interested in coming on and talking about relationships or something. Right? <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you. my And she's not really my wife. I call her my wife. We've been together forever. And we got three kids. And uh, Oh, she's your wife. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Whether you know it or not. Yeah. yeah, she is. I, I'm telling you here, you probably heard it before, but I will put my hand up and put one on the Bible and tell y'all we got the greatest relationship in the entire universe. I can't think. In eight years, I can't think of one single time we actually had a fight. Hang in there, it's coming. Well, you know, I thought so. There's a few times I thought it was going to get rough. But uh, she told me the secret was, and I was like, what's that? She's like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) Cheers. She's like, you bring somebody home, just make sure they can babysit while we go out. (laughs) Apparently, you can buy that I don't give a fuck in a bottle. Um, I'm about to drink a little bit of it right we now. Have, oh. We have peach flavored. I don't give a oh, fuck. Oh, Tell me, what's this I got in this little coat here? What is it? We've, oh, got, we've got somebody willing to try the kerosene. Kerosene. But you, but you don't do it on your own. It is. <laughs> this is the uh, the unrefined moonshine that I have. Ooh, good thing Brian's chipping in. Well, I Damn. <laughs> I would say that I'm a professional, but I quit doing this years ago. Um, well, this this will unprofessionalize your opinion of because it is rock gut shit. When we're I'm done with this, uh, can I use this to take oil off my driveway? I would shit. say, yeah. holy shit! <laughs> but he's getting ready to take the care of it. Brad, Brad, <laughs> well, well, why don't you give that a smell that. and tell me what it smells like? Yeah, it smells like diesel. <laughs> <laughs> By Cap, oh, no, I can't say his name. 
Okay. But uh, I wanted to get into some of the stuff that me, before the podcast we were talking, and Brad had some stuff he wanted to talk about, about people understanding uh, what people go through whenever you gonna let us drink this overseas. Shit? Yeah. Yeah, you guys. Said, yeah, why you're, right, while you're suffering, Brad's going to be talking. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? Here it go is. for let's, it. Let's see how it happens. Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh you dirty as hell. Get right. that Get that chaser ready. Let's say one, two, three. Nah, okay, one, two, three, go. No. I think it dripped on my shirt and took the color out of it. Yeah, damn. Bleach that motherfucker. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think if I stood up right now... Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that ain't bad. That ain't it ain't bad. the worst. But God damn it, ain't the best. Let's see how manly I can act while y'all listening to this. That these. is the worst liquor that we've tried on the podcast. That we've tried on the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you that. On the podcast. Definitely. We, we've tried some some good ones. We've had some, uh, I think, think we had some Basil Hayden. We've had some uh, Buffalo yeah. Trace. You had that. Uh, some Bird Dog. You have what's-his-names. Uh, what's that? Fighter Conor McGregor. Yeah. Proper, yeah, 12. Proper 12. Proper 12. Yeah, that shit that, was kind of rough. It wasn't that great. Uh, it was it ain't rough. worth the price. No, Definitely not at all. Right. Not whenever you can buy stuff like... Uh, you can buy stuff in the same price range. You can probably like buy Buffalo, Buffalo Tr- Trace. Trace for the same it's price. What was that good, that good vodka that we had? At Wheatley's. Oh Wheatley's, that God. shit was awesome. Yeah. Now, I know you was wanting to talk to Brad, but before, before you do, I got one question. You were deployed, right? Yeah, twice. Okay, twice deployed. Uh, my question is, I'm looking at, I wrote down some things about the, my buddy culture we're doing this benefit for, and uh, I had a memory come back. Did y'all ever have what, what I called bullshit beer? Yes. Over there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's specifically near two beer. kinds. It's yeah. called near, near beer. Yeah, yeah. We, we call it bullshit. It's got like 0. .02 uh, percent alcohol. Oh, in the no. What the I fuck? You have to drink drunk. like 50 of them. Did you ever you drink that many? Well, we tried. You um, can't drink. McAllister's or Beck's or some bullshit. Or no, we had, we had McAllister's. But, uh, I was just wondering, me and, me and Reynolds, you sit around drinking stuff and see how many we could get through before throwing up to try and at least get a little bit of a buzz. And that, that is the most god awful stuff. Okay, anyway. You'd be better ahead. off drinking mouthwash or something. <laughs> no shit. I believe Scope's got more alcohol in it, for real. Yeah, for but real. Since you said mouthwash, uh, I, I may have gotten my hands on several bottles of mouthwash that taste just like Jack Daniels when I was over there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my mother <laughs> loves so, me. So I was military police, and you were probably the guy that they were telling me to come after me. <laughs> uh, I was. We, when, when I was deployed, we managed to hook up with the Italians, and we bought Crown Royal by the case, uh, disguised uh, by uh, BDUs. So, so uh, in Afghanistan, uh, our biggest mission in Afghanistan was law and order, but we also did, like, uh, key leader engagements and stuff like that with local nationals. Um, but the law and order side of things, on post on Camp Marble in uh, Masri Sharif, Afghanistan, uh, is the major hospital for northern Afghanistan run by the Germans. And uh, biggest case I had on there had to do with alcohol and the mortuary affairs staff was keeping it in the in the freezer yes. where they kept the bodies. They would keep the out, they'd right. keep their vodka and yeah. and, uh, and they had like thirty cases of fucking Budweiser that they had stole from the Germans. Oh, nice! And, and so, so like, yeah. I brought this dude in. Was like, man, I can't blame you, dude. They, they, you kept it cold. You were <laughs> I mean, selling it for like three times what it was worth. Like, yeah, we I, did. I don't blame you at all. Saint Polly. Do you have any of that? No, we had Saint Polly's 
and Bex. Loom Brown? No. Loom Brown, St. Polly's girl? Yeah. 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 I think where I was at was just like. I think they actually served that warm. St. Paul's girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they served at room temp. You know, I, what, I mean, like at the camp and stuff? The beer, yeah. Actually, no shit. like where I was at, uh, if you have you ever watched the movie Horse Soldiers or uh, yeah. 12 Strong? 12 yeah. Strong. Yeah. That's where I was at. Uh was in Masri Sharif. Uh, and, uh, so, like, uh, we, there were, we was like 35 Americans and the rest of them was like European countries. Like Germans, uh, Swedes, Finnish fuckers and uh, Armenians, stuff like that. All right, we had to take a short break here, but uh, we're coming back, and I wanted to give Brad a chance to tell his story on why he started this and the stuff he had to deal with coming out of being deployed and injured. And Take it away, man. Yeah, so, uh, well, it it all started a couple years ago. Uh, A couple of my buddies um, were going through some – Bad times, and one of them I didn't even deploy with, but I could relate because of the situation I was in. Um, and this guy, his name is Staff Sergeant Anthony Barton. Uh, he lived in Charleston, and right here in West Virginia. Uh, coincidentally, we stayed in touch, all, you know, for the ten years I was out of the army. And uh, this guy was still in the West Virginia Army National Guard, and you know, just <laughs> I guess didn't reach out. Somebody didn't see the signs. Somebody didn't add up the, the negative factors that were against him, and he took his own life on the same day that his wife had left um, after a small argument or something. And uh, so that year I decided uh, that I'm going to do my best because I've lost enough buddies in combat that I can't afford to lose any more here at home. And so I'm going to do my best to take that number of 22 a day to zero. Although we may never get there, I'm going to try my damnedest to do it. And so I told, you know. What does 22 per day mean? Uh, on average, 22 veterans a day commit suicide across the United States, and um, that is veterans and veterans alone. That's post-military, outside of active duty, and that number is entirely way too high. And that is that's an actual statistic. It's an actual actual statistic. On average, 22 veterans a day commit suicide, and as the years flow on, that number goes up and it also goes down. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, there's uh, there's contributing factors to that. You know, when we withdraw from Afghanistan, how much of a contributing factor do you think of, like, guys like you and me who, who were Afghan or Iraq war vets to, to say, well, you know, I don't want to get political, but we basically handed the fucking country back over to the Taliban. And, and that's mm-hmm. – some guys don't – you know, that like, like you said, you don't listen to the news every day. Mm-hmm. Some guys may have not been following what was going on or did a little bit of research and – and then all of a sudden, everything that they worked for while they were in the military has just been for that's almost why, for nothing. That's why I was going to ask you. I thought about that. Was the fact of how you feel about the whole withdrawal? From I have mixed emotions because I think a country needs to take care of its own. Right. Um, but at the same time, is like we spent loads and loads of resources and money from the United States and people. You know. Lives were expended to make sure that this country bettered itself. And we've also put people back into our society that can't function anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that are, uh, they've experienced something and they can't function. I'll tell you what, man. For not. If anybody, if any of you guys or anybody listening gets a chance to go to Walter Reed and visit, just walk one hallway at Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, you'll never regret it the rest of your life. It is a humbling experience to witness. 
And that's Iraq and Afghanistan war events only. So let, let's talk about um, let, let's talk about uh, triggering factors. If you're living right right now, if you're listening to me right now, and you're living or you know someone who is a an Afghan or Iraq veteran, and uh, they act kind of weird, or um, they don't like being around crowds, or you walk into a restaurant just going to uh, Texas Roadhouse, and you can look at them any given time and say, "How many damn exits and how how many ways can you get out yeah. of here?" I mean, let's talk about that. There are triggering factors, and some people don't know. And I mean, so tell me about that. T- t- tell me about triggering factors right, and so, what does it for them. Uh, after I started to recover from my injury, and I'm back home, my wife, my wife told me she said, "You're going to the damn VA. We're going to get you set up in mental health because she's a VA nurse. She kind of sees the signs, and I fit the criteria. You know, I was a twenty-something uh, male with with two combat tours and and so she's seen it. But anyway, I get over there and I'm talking to this counselor and he goes, do you ever get nervous in a crowd or you always sit with your back to the wall in a restaurant or do you, uh, <laughs> do you, are you cautious when you're driving down the road and you see trash on the side of the road or a dead animal or something? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, we call that PTSD. What do you think that is? I said, well, it's growing up. Like, yeah. like when you're driving down the road and you hit a speed bump like I did at 55 miles an hour and you get fucked up. You learn from that, so you don't want to do that anymore. So from now on, when I'm in the car, I'm cautious about where I'm driving. Okay, I want to touch on something you just said because a lot of people don't have the same view of the speed bump that you do. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I have a view of a speed bump that if I hit it at 15 miles an hour, it's up. gonna it's gonna hurt the shocks on my vehicle. Yeah, yeah. we, so we at the mall hit the speed bump. Yeah. Yeah. So we're about you tell me, you tell me. What your version of a speed bump is? About three hundred pounds of explosive is the difference between what yeah. we're talking about. But anyway, it's it, like what happened to me. Long story short, I, you know, we're on a mission one day in, in Masri Sharif, Afghanistan, going to a place called Kunduz, uh, which is one of the deadliest at one point, one of the deadliest areas of Afghanistan. And we're on a what the army referred to as a black route, which is the most dangerous uh, type of route for that mission. You know, in our uh, Cub, or pre-mission briefing is basically what we had. Uh, they told us, you're going on a black route, but you're also going to train Afghan National Army soldiers how to run this checkpoint along this route. So on the point that we were told to get to, uh, prior to getting there, the ANA took it upon themselves to go ahead and set up a checkpoint in the middle of a curve on this road. And we're, I'm, we're in uh, MRAP, MATV vehicles, uh, heavy up-armored vehicles. I'm in the gunner's turret. We go about 35 to 45 mile an hour around a curve, and in the middle of this curve, the Afghans had taken a 55-gallon drum, cut it in half, pumped it full of asphalt and explosives, and they called it a speed bump. And I was in the lead vehicle, and we hit this speed bump going about, yeah, about 40, somewhere around there. And uh, mind you, it's half half as tall as a 55-gallon drum. So it's going to hurt with boom boom just in it or not yeah just mm-hmm. and then once we hit it it i think it knocked me out before the explosion even went off uh then the vehicle ended up cartwheeling and uh, it basically fried you know my brain for the moment and then i was in and out of consciousness and then medics medics arrived and I, they they medevaced me uh back to masri sharif where the main hospital was at and i was unconscious for the three weeks following that jesus oh Christ. wow and, and now i suffer from uh, everybody's seen him on TV, traumatic brain injury, and uh, 
They don't know anything about the brain. No, they don't. <laughs> Basically, the government or anybody is going to tell you, we cannot tell you what the brain is going to do. Um, so mental capacity, what I started RUT22, was to kind of target PTSD and traumatic brain injury on the fact that the triggers to this veteran suicide. Mm. If I can beat it, I can help other people beat it. So how about uh, passing trash on the side of the road? Uh, yeah, so so every, oh, everybody man. who's been to Afghanistan uh, recognizes these big square yellow jugs, <laughs> and, and it, it might have water in it, it might have goat, goat milk in it, or it might have uh, thirty pounds of TNT. You never know. And and yeah, somebody so somebody took you, a one hundred and five apart, and yeah, and we're in West Virginia, and there's a lot of curves. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, lot of trash. There's a lot of trash in ditches, so it kind of makes you nervous. Yeah, it's kind of Dang. sad, really. Like. Talking about the trash situation in West Virginia, as beautiful as it is, people just don't respect it at all. So, uh, or you got a, you got a lot of obstacles to worry about as far as trash goes. Or it, it, a lot of people in West Virginia don't know what a bottleneck is. Um, a, a, a bottleneck is basically a, a couple of curves, but it's designed to make you slow down in this particular spot. And in that bottleneck, when you're not, you know, I mean, in West Virginia, we ain't like people from Ohio. Fuck y'all. We know how to drive a curve. <laughs> so in that bottleneck, we just cruising like ain't nothing going on. And then suddenly, boom. And that's when you're at your most vulnerable, is at choke points like that. You, It's like this counselor was saying, man, you, you kind of recognize the things that you got fucked up before from your military experience. And you carry that onto your civilian life by growing up and learning what, and then so some people just have a tough time with transitioning that. Right. And and what you're going on about? I mean, Rut Twenty Two is a fantastic idea. Uh, I think it's awesome uh, to get you know veterans together and even just you know citizens together, high school students together to learn about these things and actually be active. And the biggest part is is getting people to talk about. Their problems, uh, and and I yeah, knew with especially mine, we've touched on this, especially yeah. males. Oh yeah, yeah sometimes was, sometimes <laughs> you got a problem that you can't deal with yourself, guys. Let me tell let me, somebody. Let me ask you something, Brad. How long was it after you were back that you realized you had PTSD and had a problem? Seven years. Seven years. That's exactly I was my already point. Working for the government. That is exactly my point. Mine was uh was right about five to six years after I got back. My wife is like, you need to go get help. Um, even one of my high school best friends when I went to Wyoming County, uh, Matt, oh, uh, oh, snuffer, I call him Doc. Um, me and him talked about it a couple years ago, and he's like, man, I saw it coming. He's like, I just I didn't know how to bring it up because I was getting angry over no reason yeah. and going off after somebody, and after after I blew up on somebody, it was blank. I'm like, what just happened? And a big thing is... Why am I even mad? Right? Yeah, I had no clue why I was pissed off. And the people around you... The, their responses to the way that you act or the way you get pissed off at how they act, mm-hmm. their responses set the tone for how you're going to proceed. Yeah. And like, especially your family, your, your wife. We, your, we, we talked before about uh, people being late. Like, yeah. if, if you're late, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to blow the fuck up. And then you're going to look at me like, why are you upset? Just a few minutes. And then I'm going to blow up even more. Like, a few minutes, mother... Uh, he, he's just he's just saying this because I had to send him a message oh, and tell him, hey, guys, I'm going to hey. be a few minutes late. My wife has got the van. I'm waiting on her to get hey, home. What Bless I, your heart, honey. I know you're going to listen to this. It's not your fault. Don't worry about him, okay? okay? It's just me and you, honey. It's okay. What, 
But what I said was, I said, when we started in this conversation, my exact word was, I'm not mad at George. (laughs) 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 But uh, that's what I was getting into was telling him, I'm not mad at George because I don't want this podcast to feel like a job. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if somebody's a few minutes late or somebody's got... Their kids or somebody like we're all family guys. We're we're all family guys that work. We understand. Well, I I tell you what happened. Now this 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 week has been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I've got a new job. I can't say what it is. I took over in in October. It's an awesome job. I tell you guys off there because you know we have colorful language on this show and it's okay. Um, But with the job I have, it might not be acceptable. So we won't go into detail on that. But I've got a couple other jobs, and one of them, uh, my wife just started doing like this property management stuff for a lady. It's got 13 properties in the local area, does rentals. So my wife, being an awesome person she is, she can do drywall, she can do flooring, she can weld. Damn. I know, I know, right? And she outfishes me every single time we go. She That's can why we weld? Don't go very often. Yes. Is she looking for a job? <laughs> I'm you, I, I know, you right? You seen it on the back of the truck out there, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, she's all, she put all new floors throughout her house. I mean, she's fantastic. But uh, this lady found out she can do all this stuff. And so now it's say, I need you to come in and clean the house. I need you to fix some drywall. That's she's She's got a job she's got to start Monday, painting the entire house and pressure washing it and fixing some things. But uh, and, and that's what we've ran into. I'm trying to do these fundraisers for, for my buddy Coulter and uh, work with Ruck 22 and come and see you guys. Plus, you know, I'm doing... My daily job throughout the day, five days a week, and then uh, on awesome. the weekends I'm playing music. Oh yeah, so so I mean, forgive me for being late. I'm one of those people, man. I absolutely hate being late more than anything, and I'm like, oh man, they're going to kill me. So I just want to make sure I put that out there. We don't blame you, baby. Okay, <laughs> if you're listening, Ashley, dear, nobody here blames you. It's all my nobody. fault. Okay, I'm nobody. Just... <laughs> we like it when he eats on a normal basis and sleeps in a warm bed. Nobody blames you. I promise. <laughs> Hey, if she can lay floor and weld, I ain't blaming her for shit. I ain't shit. blaming her for nothing. Well, let me just say, you guys are smart because she's tougher and shit, and she'll whoop all of her ass. <laughs> all, <okay>? her ass. <laughs> all right, now, now, who's the fella you was talking about earlier? You? Oh, when I was telling you about Daniel. Okay, so uh, we're going to make a phone call real quick. We're going to see how this works out. Um, now, Daniel, who's a Staff Sergeant Dormer, U.S. Army, We were uh, he's from the 41st IBCT uh, out of Oregon. And uh, he's a mechanic now, works in a classic car shop doing mechanics, awesome stuff, rides his bike. And a really great guy. He actually came down here to West Virginia as soon as we got back, lived with me for a while, helped me start up my first band, and an uh, excellent singer and guitar player now. I mean, he's doing really good. Um, but uh, he's really gotten this thing started. When when he called me and told me that Coulter had passed away, um, it was a couple days later, uh, me and him talked after I kind of got over the, you know, right. real rough part of it. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Uh, but anyway, Daniel, Daniel's like, man, we need to do something. I was like, well, I tell you what, let's let's do this. I'll take. Uh, I got a couple shows this month. We'll take all of our donations, give to the family. And he loved the idea. He's like, I tell you what, I will spend my money. I will fly in. I will help you do these things, and then uh, I can take it back to the family. So I called him just a little bit ago. I was like, well, since you're coming in and you can't be here now to be on a show, could I call you? 
and 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 get you to talk because he he had a few things he wanted to say from you know um, Coulter's wife on behalf of them and uh, and he really wanted to thank y'all for you know inviting us on the show myself and and Brad here and uh, so let's give Daniel a call and see uh, see what he's got to say here. This is a Daniel Dormer all the way from Oregon. I'm a video calling so y'all can see him and so when's he flying in? He is flying in on the. Uh, Hey, hey! When you flying in? Hey, hey! Oh, back it up. When you coming in? When am I coming into town? Yeah. I'll be coming in on. Uh, gosh, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's the twenty fourth. Now, right on. And you're staying till what? The twenty eighth or twenty ninth? Something yeah, like that. Stay until uh, what'll be uh, fly out? I believe on Monday. Right on. So I was telling the guys about you flying in to help help out with this fundraiser, and this was really your big idea to uh, to get this thing going. And uh, and man, they love it. And they uh, they love being able to get this thing together, and all of us being here tonight. This uh, over here is Brad with Ruck Twenty Two. Hey, Sarner, how you doing? How's up, brother? And uh, as the rest of the guys, it's Shane. I went to high school with him. Shane, pleasure. Hey. There's a reason I take notes, guys. I can't remember <laughs> anybody's name. So you introduce yourself today. That's Mike. How you doing, bud? Mike. And I'm Brian. I'd like to also add I'm an Oregon fan. <laughs> yeah, that's my boy right there. He just likes a nice uniform. So, <laughs> I told him you could, uh, you know, you had a couple things you want to say about, you know, about what we're doing and the fundraiser and stuff and maybe some words from uh, – Coulter's family there, you got to attend the yeah. funeral, and, you know, I didn't, so uh, yeah. go ahead and say a few words there, bud. Yeah, we, uh, um, to start with the service, it was, uh, you know, it was with honors, of course, and uh, um, so it was, uh, it was touching, as I'm sure some of you guys, I don't know if all of you have been to a military funeral with honors, but uh it's uh, pretty heart sinking when you hear the 21 guns and every time the blasts go off, it just jolts your heart and, uh, and your stomach just kind of falls through and, uh, tries to make its way out your ass, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, that was pretty amazing. The, uh, we had people, Air Force, Marines, uh, Army and Navy all there for the gun salute. That was pretty amazing um, to see all branches of the military come together to, to lay a soldier to rest. And uh, so he also had his uh, NCO command group was all there, um, myself being the first line leader. And uh, then we had his E-7, which had been uh, Sergeant First Class Bennett. And then we had the First Sergeant, uh, first Sergeant Kim Fox showed up nicknamed Tiny, and uh, then we also had our, our chief warrant officer who's retired out as a CWC4, um, really amazing guy, Chief Geist, and so, you know, um, I don't know if this is going out over the airwaves or nothing, but that's, that's a big shout out to those guys. They they uh, all showed up in short notice. Uh, it all happened very quickly. Um, the uh, and I don't know why the family didn't tell me why it it progressed so quickly. But in within a week of his passing, we were burying him, um, and so that was it was a little difficult to pull everything together so quickly. Um, but it did happen, and uh, we had a showing of 
approximately, I don't know, 30 or 40 bikers. Um, some different uh, groups showed up. Pretty amazing. Um, so uh, he was laid to rest at Willamette National Cemetery. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and they and they did a very good job. The color guard did so. Uh, Honor guard did so. That was uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, um, then we went on to the the private service, I guess you could say, or the the friends and family is what the family called it, and uh, it was uh, it was really neat. It was really neat. It was a, a church service, a Christian family, um, God fearing family. Uh, absolute shit ton of military service in that family that I had no idea of. Um, I mean, he's got like six or seven brothers and every single one of them was army forward deployed in Iraq, Afghanistan. I mean, you name it, half of them got blown up and are still walking around to tell about it. I mean, uh, this family is just phenomenal, phenomenal family. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. No, I, I, I got a, I got a question for you, Sarge. But, uh, um, anyway, uh, so I got to speak with each one of them on a on a very uh, personal basis, um, and that was really nice. Um, got a lot of their contact information. Trying to stay in touch with them, little by little, uh, as I can. Um, his uh, fiance, um, wife to be. Um, I'm, pretty much staying in touch with her almost every day and she um she's just blown away by the outpouring of the communities and across the country and by um his his soldier family his army family which uh encompasses george and i obviously we served overseas together um and uh so she's just you know, she's just awestruck by it and so grateful. The, the father and uh, I believe it's his stepmother. I'm, I have a hard time a little bit with their uh, uh, their genealogy there. I'm not exactly sure how it all works. It's a very big family. Uh, a bunch of it's still down in Texas. Uh, some of it's here. Uh, some of it's in Kansas. I mean, it's just so I'm, I'm trying to put all that together because I don't know them very so, well Sarge, and I'm trying. So, so Sarge, I got a question uh, for you. I got go a question. Ahead, I'm sorry. Um, what, one of the things that I, I've been to, to quite a few uh, military funerals. I've done quite a few military funerals. What, one of the terms we use is uh, when the music stops. Uh, and, and that term inquires, uh, you know, everybody's got a lot to say uh, w w when a loved one passed. Oh, we love you. Oh, if you need anything, talk to us, uh, wh whatever. But the term when the music stops encompasses after the funeral and a couple right. days after when nobody's bringing food by your house. Nobody's bringing soda, all that good stuff. Um, maybe you could tell our viewers what it's like. Um, after everyone stopped showing up, I mean, is there anything in particular that this family might need that we can tell our few, our viewers, our listeners, rather, uh, th 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 this is a spot where your, your help could be needed. Is there anything in particular that they need? Anything they need. Yep, go ahead. All uh, right, yeah. Uh, you know, like 
was saying he was saying when the music ends and uh it's kind of a to even kind of break it down a little bit more for the listeners it's 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 kind of like when the sexiness is over when the rubber hits the road when the bullets hit the meat is another thing another term that we used in the military but um you know so all the sexiness is gone and and what does this family need um you know the the truth is is what i know at this point is is that they need contributions and so that you know diapers can be bought food can be bought rent can be paid um you know uh, just there's there's still funeral expenses that are have been accrued the military doesn't cover all of that and that's a sad truth are, are we talking about financial contributions or do you need baby yeah, stuff are. i yeah, mean what, yeah. whatever this man's family needs i'm willing to throw in yeah yeah that's that's right yeah so uh we have uh set up obviously we have the uh the uh the benefits concerts coming up here um the george dorn uh, music is putting on along with uh, the trailer park poets and so we got that coming up uh, here on the weekend of the 24th and 25th is that right George yes 25th 26th yeah we also added one for the 19th of this month a weekend after now. that's right with the, uh, uh, the VFW. chapter 19 of the VFW correct in yes, Sophia sir. yes sir yeah okay yeah um, and then you know so uh, we have that uh there at uh, uh, and George will put out the the website of course that that is connected to his band that will be taking contributions financial contributions uh, on there all month long um, and uh, then we'll have we also have uh, Venmo that goes uh, directly condense it down uh, anyway there'll be plenty of Plenty of, uh, there's multiple different ways to um, reach out money-wise. Uh, there's ways to reach out to us uh, and send a letter um, and send your condolences. Um, there's, uh, you know, that's, that's with the way the world is now, I guess that um, the financial portion of things is the toughest for them. And, uh, and then obviously... Thanks. Well, um, I'll be honest with you, Charge. I'm a firm believer in um, veterans and helping out veterans. And I mean, I, I tell everyone right around my, my birthday, whether you know it or not, is on November 11th, which is Veterans Day. And I tell everyone, um, it, it, veterans, everyone wants to say thank you for your service. Instead of saying thank you for your service, why don't you give a veteran $2? You would be surprised what $2 does for a veteran. I mean, 50, 50 people giving you $2. Well, there you go. So uh, I, I want to I tell all of our listeners right now, um, this concert is going down, coming up soon on the 19th. Yep. Support it. I mean, support it. Come out, listen to us. Even if you can't make it, you know somebody that can make it, send them. I mean, th- this is for a worthwhile cause. You will give $50,000 to people who are raising tulips in the wintertime. These veterans have fought for your freedom. Let's, uh, let me talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. Daniel, I'll keep you on here just a little bit longer, and then I'll let you go. But, uh, you know, the reason we ask for monetary donations is because, you know, I mean, you can send diapers if you want to, if you really want me to get you a size and you all want to go out and shop for it, or you can send food. 
or you, I mean, you can do all kinds of things, but the the simple fact is send it to them that, so they can get what they need. Yeah, well, let's let's send it to them so they can get what they need. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a scam. Y'all can go on there and look. Um, I'll tell you one hundred percent, it's not a scam. I got twenty thousand people that'll back me up on that. So uh, there's no worries there. If you don't like using the website, which I'll mention here in just a little bit, on being able to give money that way through PayPal or through Square or, or anything like that, we also have, uh, what is it, Daniel? We got Venmo and GoFundMe? Yeah, we got Venmo, GoFundMe. I know there's some, you know, troubles around GoFundMe, but it uh, was set up also to help, you know, just where people feel comfortable giving. And if you contact us directly, we also have a P.O. box. And if you, if you want to send a check or send a... Uh, whatever um, in that or want to send diapers or want to send, you know, uh, like Olaf said, warm hugs. You know, I mean, you can do that. And I, I tell you something else. If you want one of the coolest T-shirts I've ever seen, and I wish I wish uh, the listeners out here could actually see this, is uh, my buddy Brad over here with Ruck 22 brought me one of his T-shirts, and it's got a boot print on the front of it that says Ruck Yeah. It's got some stuff on the sleeve, man. It is cool. Here, I'll, he's going to show it to you real quick, but I'm going to tell the people out here. All you got to do is come out to one of the shows, and if you want something to take back with you um, that shows you know you you spent money on something, then uh, you come out, you buy one of his T-shirts and some of his merch, and he is donating 100% of his proceeds to uh, uh, Culture Rentals family. And, I mean, it, it so don't get any better than that. You'll meet me when you come out. When you come out here, I'll be there. Um, like he said, selling my merchandise for Ruck 22WV. Um, but also to add um, for things a family would need after something like this happens, uh, I have contacts across this nation with Mission 22, uh, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, um, Tunnels to Towers. I've partnered with a lot of people, uh, Armor Up. They're, so when you come out and you meet me, I'm going to be giving you some pamphlets, things like that, to take back to the family. Because... Uh, like I was, I was telling these guys earlier, uh, my my mission is to take the, the number 22 a day to zero. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, part of fighting the fight and preventing veteran suicide, you have to also deal with it in situations like we're in right now. And the, the, the yes, ones sir. that are left dealing with it are, are the loved ones that you, you're talking about. So I've got resources available, uh, especially our Mission 22 coordinator in, in uh, Oregon. I can I can hook you up with that contact as well. It'd be a great resource for that family to have. Absolutely. Good deal, guys. Uh, I appreciate your time, bud, on uh, coming on and telling us what the family's dealing with. And uh, I'm I'm actually I know you guys think that it's like a a fortunate thing that we guys we let you guys come on, but I think it's the opposite. That I am really appreciated. That, exactly. That if we're able to give a little bit of a voice to what you guys are trying to do, because what we're trying to do pales in comparison to what y'all are doing. Amen. Well, you, so, you can't describe how grateful we are to be able to get to work about something like this. Adam. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest thing is reaching people. Uh, Daniel, I'm not going to keep you on here much longer, buddy. You have a good rest of the evening. I'll holler at you after this. And anything you want to say before uh, before I let you go? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, one quick thing I just uh, um, to kind of tie on to what he was saying there is, is that uh, the feeling is definitely mutual, you know, we're in uh, mutual cahoots to to help further a cause that is a noble cause, and 
we're talking about veteran suicide that affects real people, real veterans, real heroes. And for you guys to stand up and invite us to, to come in and promote the cause of, of saving lives, um, some of our nation's heroes' lives, uh, you know, saving one is something. You know, but also dealing with the aftermath is another. And I appreciate every single one of you and every um, uh, individual organization that is is stepping to the plate. Um, it's real things. It's real lives. It's real people. And uh, appreciate your listeners as well for for all the support that I know is going to come out of this. So um, love y'all, and uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, at the at the concert and. And uh, may have a few surprises there. I might actually even get up and sing and play with a guitar. I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, you know you're going hey, to. You hey, Daniel, it. it isn't bluegrass, yeah, is it? <laughs> you said you're not going to do bluegrass, are you? <laughs> no, I don't do bluegrass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers ain't fast enough. Your fingers are fast enough. Hey, Daniel, buddy, I'll holler at you here in a little bit. Uh, uh, we love you, man. You know I love you. And uh, I'll talk to you here real soon, okay? All right, give my love to the family. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. All right, bye. So real quick, before we go anywhere else, I want to thank you, you, and you for your service. For your service. For the things that you guys had to go through and do. I talk all this big game that, oh, I love these musicians and these people. No, seriously, you guys keep us protected. And you sacrifice your life to do it. So thank you, guys. And and I know the, the rest of the veterans here, you and and you, we, we don't, you know, much. We appreciate the thanks we do, but we don't look for it. It's, it's just one of those things. I know you're moving your finger like writing a blank check because, you know, everybody's heard that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we do. We write a blank check. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but everybody does it for their own reasons. Um uh, me, I joined, uh, it wasn't long after 2011, I was sitting in a nuclear power plant, or 2001, sorry, September 11th, I was actually working in a nuclear power plant, and they locked us in for 24 hours, and then we watched TV the whole 24 hours, because we wasn't allowed to leave. i tell you a scary thing, is uh, a few months later, when they find the pictures in the cave of, you know, potential targets, there's... There's the nuclear station I was sitting at. <laughs> and I was wondering why all them Blackhawks were riding around. There was Humvees and everything sitting in there. So. But uh, real quick before I forget that, ladies and gentlemen, that fell on the phone. It's uh, Staff Sergeant Daniel Dormer served with me in Iraq in uh, 2009 to uh, 2010. Yeah, fantastic guy. And, uh, man, I hope we get him on the show sometime. It would be cool to have him here. But uh, anyway, let's get on with it. What else we got to talk about? What else we got? Let's see. Dude, we done pretty much hit it all, man. Oh, I know. Right, yeah, right well, now. Well, what I want y'all to talk about is nice and clear. Tell people how to help you help this family. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's let's, what, let's be clear. Anyone who's listening that wants to help, I mean, well, first, before y'all get out there, if you listen to me, you better hit that like button. Yeah, like and share. Like and share. Like I, I, like and do share. you guys remember when I shared that a couple of weeks ago about yeah. like like we had a post that had been up for a month that hadn't been shared by anybody that had like forty three people had seen it. Had seen it, but they won't well, like it. And then I had a and then I had a post that had three shares on it that had been up for two days. 
and it had like 182 reaches. Yeah. So two shares made can, a difference. It can happen. It made a difference of 80 people for us, 90 people. I'm, I'm going to say this to all so of you like out here. Share, it cost you nothing to take your little witty, 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 bitty finger and push that share button. Like and share it. It don't cost you anything, I promise. You'll pay double at Kroger's for some damn hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) We've got three flyers up on uh, both hit uh, George Dorn's uh, band's website, Facebook Mm -hmm. page, and Ruck22WV's Facebook page. So don't tell me you can't go find it. Find it, like it, share it. And then if you got 100 to 1,000 friends, I've got 100 to 1,000 different friends. We both share it. That's 2,000 people seen it. Immediately. Now, so. let me let me tell you something. Let let me add on that. Um, the first post I put up about what we're doing the month of February, George Dorn Band, Trailer Park Post, will be donating all tips, family of, you know, Colton Reynolds, and I put up this big post. And let me tell you, I've got it pulled up right here, and I'm looking at it, and I can see how many people it's reached and how many shares it's got. And I'm going to tell you, it has reached uh, right now seven thousand one hundred ninety-five people. Now that's just the first post. And it's gotten 80 shares. Now, let me tell you, it's only got one comment. And now, if 7,195 people this has reached, if each one of them had went in there and put, oh, 50 cents yeah. or a dollar, dollar to this family, what's one dollar? I mean, it's a cup of coffee in the morning. A cup oh, of coffee shit. costs more than that. Yeah, thank How you. much could we help this family? To all your veterans, I thank you for your service. Bitch, give me a dollar. <laughs> Hold on. Am, am I going to be the one to point out that there's a black guy in the room asking for a dog? I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not black. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say it right now. We can't shake that. That's real. <laughs> Maybe in New York you can say that shit, but in West Virginia, goddamn it, they're fucking white. Well, I'm just I saying, see him the, every goddamn the day. The only reason... The only reason I say that is I heard you make a comment on one of the shows when you was talking about, I think the, the name of the show was The N-Word, yes. and yeah. you said that, uh, you know, February Black History Month, and you yes. weren't going to say nothing about it being the shortest month of the year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 29 but, uh, if it's leap year. I mean, I can, I can say that. I don't know if any of y'all know Glenn uh, Young or not from Wyoming County, but Glenn's, Glenn's a good friend of mine. He pulled in a gas station one day. In his car, and he hollered out the window, Hey, George! Uh, I turned around, and everybody in the town of Pineville turned around and looked at him. <laughs> and Glenn shouts out the window, He's like, Yeah, what? He knows a black guy. <laughs> so the first thing I said is, First thing I said is, Glenn, you're black? What? <laughs> what? You never told me. <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna get off this subject, and I'm talking. You know, seven thousand one hundred ninety-five people out of all y'all. I mean, if y'all, it's somebody out there, you know, seven thousand one hundred ninety-five people would put one dollar uh, in this post that I was talking about. How much of a difference is that going to make for that fifteen-month-old baby? I mean, the luckily, Whoa. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but Whoa. luckily, that baby's that young. That it's, it's not going to remember having to go through this right now. He's not going to remember that. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for that part of it. I mean, I wish nothing had ever happened. I'll tell you a little bit about Coulter. He's such a great guy. Okay, had the sense of humor of Ryan Reynolds, which is funny. They got the, <laughs> they, they got the same last. I swear to God, I can show you all videos. 
is one of the funniest guys I ever met and always willing to help somebody uh, so much that I'd made a post on Facebook as uh, late 2019 about wanting to quit smoking. And uh, I've quit smoking a hundred times, thousand times. Quitting's easy, staying quits hard. But uh, I mean, that's, he's the first it. person to message me, hey man, I quit like this. This is how I did it. How can I help you? Call me, talk to me. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this. And he sent me all kinds of stuff on Facebook. But uh, man, he's just a real good guy. And I, 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 I hope that out of this and out of these uh, fundraisers we're doing, we're, we're able to at least help his family if we couldn't help him. Amen. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, uh, besides that, uh, Ruck 22, they're not looking to just help one person. You know, I mean, we're doing this right now to help uh, Coulter's family and plus raise awareness for all veterans. But uh, y'all need to check out uh, Ruck 22 West Virginia. I mean, they are all about helping everybody. Yeah, look them up on Facebook. I know y'all all got Facebooks. Ruck 22, you type it in, it's good. But I want to let you guys let you talk, Brad, about Rook Twenty Two and how to contact you and donate and all that. Yeah, I'm super easy to find. Everybody's got Facebook, so, so yeah. Rook Twenty Two WV. My phone number is literally on the top of the page. As soon as you click on there, I'm an open book. Uh, I care about my brothers and sisters I served with, even if I never met him. I never even met George to the night, but I still want him to know that my phone number's there to call me. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. I've got a couch you can stay on. I've got a shirt you can wear. It doesn't matter. That's that's our goal with Ruck 22 WV. We want to take that number 22 down to zero, and uh, I will do whatever it takes. So, uh, I, and I know we're talking about soldier suicides, but to anybody that's listening that is not a soldier, suicide is never the answer. It's never going to show anybody anything because – I don't know how to say this without sounding like an ass, but if you take your own life, everybody around you still moves on. And they suffer. And, and yeah, they suffer. Exactly. And they they need you. Suicide is never the answer. Hey, uh, when I was first starting into this, one of the best lines, uh, an ex-law enforcement officer who got injured on duty had told me is that you never know what some what's going through someone's mind at any minute of any day. And even a, hey, how you doing, will change the dynamic of that person's day for the entire day. So if you've got, no if you've got people that you, you just are sitting around thinking about, pick up your daggone phone, send that text message, say, what's up, buddy? How you doing? And that mm-hmm. will change the dynamic of the entire day. Could change the dynamic of the community if everybody did that. But that is a, a powerful line. Yeah. It is. And also, like, if somebody wants to talk to you. Just check it out and see what it's about. Just talk you about know, it. you never know. You never know what it's about. It could be nothing. There like was you said, a, it could be a conversation that saves them. Yeah, there was a, there was a meme I saw on Facebook a while back, and I mean, it's so true. People don't really think about it. I mean, they post it, they share it, um, and and y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, there's a meme on Facebook that says uh, something like, uh, you know, I'd rather hear your story than read your obituary. Right. And it's right. 100% true. I don't care who you are. If I've ever met you in your entire life, if you find me on Facebook and send me a message, say, man, I'm going through some stuff, I'm going to talk to you. It's better to be looked at than to be looked hey, on. Hey, do you know a statistic that I read one time about suicide, which is act like it's shocking that every suicide has... On the average, 
at least 11 people connected to it that knew it was going to happen. You know, at least 11 people connected to that situation that knew it was going to happen. Don't be, don't be so afraid that you're going to be shut out of this person's life to tell them, you know, you're not making the right decision. Don't be afraid of your opinion of, hey, this ain't the answer, or whether you think they're serious or not, say something. I'd rather be hated than see you live than to see you die and just mourn forever. Yeah, I'll be good. You know, me and and Brian worked together, and a few years ago we went through the same situation. And it was late at night when this happened. Uh, One of our coworkers took his own life, and I guarantee you there's 297 people that if any of them that day would have texted him and said, hey, what you got going on right now? Or if he would have reached out to any of those 297, we would have drug, drug his ass to the end of the earth to make sure. Yeah, man, did. I'll tie you to a chair. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll, I'll let you know this ain't, this, ain't, this ain't the answer. We'll do whatever. And call me. You know, just get help, man. Yeah, because cause suicide is not an answer that helps anybody. Can I put you in the perspective of the average veteran that commits suicide? Absolutely, and I'm not saying man. that Mr. Reynolds was even in this. Ca- I guarantee he had he had. Uh, well, I think certain like, criteria. I think that a lot of the reason that people commit suicide is they feel like they're alone, and they're not. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah, that's where that's where they get to, and you know, like put yourself in the mind, 17 year old kid, you get offered a guaranteed paycheck if you sign on this dotted line. Guaranteed. Start your life right now. You automatically go in debt because you buy that. Hot ass Mustang that's you know on the corner for twenty three percent interest rate. Right. So you screw your credit. You meet some girl. She's hot. <laughs> Probably no. Well, I'm not, uh, she's KFC. Yeah. <laughs> no, that means oh, wait, <laughs> wait. Let's let's change. Let's change hot to put now. Yeah. She's put now. Yeah. So you 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 take those two factors that's going good for your life. Then you add in tra- trauma of war. You add in uh, discipline that you're getting instilled into your brain every day. Uh, next thing you know, the buddy next to you. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. buddies that you know something happened to them in combat or something happened to them at home. But then, uh, the next thing you know, the grass looks greener on the other side. At twenty four, you decide, well, I'm gonna get out. So then the army's like, okay, well, here's some resources for you, and they give you a couple <laughs> pamphlets that says, hey, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> this is a something oh, called shit. yellow ribbon uh, ceremony that you have to go through now. I don't. Well, when I got out. It was uh, maybe four hours, and they give you some rubber chicken and try to ask you to stay in. But anyway, so you're 24. You've got those stacked up against you, and the only life skill you've learned is how to kill people. How to kill people. No, no, how to watch people. Yeah, I got my fucking eyes on you. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, like, so, so you don't have a certain job skill. 99 percent of the people in the military are grunts. 99. Mm-hmm. You know, some specialties can transfer into civilian life, and, and you can make a good life for yourself if you choose to do that. Um, but then when you get out and you're like, well, man, I don't, I don't know anything. Like, what am I going to do? Like, the local sheriff's department's not hiring, blah, blah, blah. And, and so then the hot girl, oh, well, the Mustang leaves because the bank takes it. Yeah. Then the, the hot she, girl, that girl, he's hot got girl's it. not. He's got it. You know, <laughs> she took everything. Yeah. The putting out up. girl, the putting out. Girl. Yeah, whatever. And then you got kids you got to worry about, um, you know, you got whatever going on. And at the same time, you're not making any money because you just got out of your only ticket that you've had your entire adult life. 
Right. And you take that away, you got financial hardship, you got mental hardship because of the stuff you've seen, you've got uh, responsibility hardships. You know, it's it's a scary thing to think about. But then one, but as a community, if the community were to wrap around that one individual, then it, he's he's a part of the community, so he could carry but through. But that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, especially in West Virginia, because as polite we were talking about this earlier, as polite as people here are, and and the manners that we grow up learning. I still didn't know George until he yeah. walked in here today. But the outreach that it's going to take from places like Ruck 43 WV, Armor Up WV, uh, that's what it's going to take because the government sure don't want to do it for us. Well, the sad thing about this area is far as employment and taking somebody, like what you're talking about, is they get out of the military and all of a sudden they don't have a means of income or they can't. Jobs are so shitty here that unless you have a skill, you can't make money. And if your skill, the only skill you have is, you know, killing somebody, operating a tank, it just doesn't translate to our life. I'm going to go a step farther. If I've been in the military and I've got a wife or a kid. Um, and I've been in the military. There's no way I'm going to go back to mopping the fucking wings. Right? No. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm, not. I'm not going to do that. A lot of those places will tell you you're overqualified. And you're. Yeah. I've been told that three times. Yeah, I've been told that. Listen, I worked at Walmart in high school. Got off active duty. Was waiting on my current job to call me and offer me my position. And <laughs> applied at Walmart again, and they told me no, I was overqualified. I had too much job experience to start at Walmart. <laughs> And and well, looking back at it now, Soul Brother Tuboku Dicky Dicky Dow. Looking back at it now, my mental capacity couldn't handle working at Walmart. Yeah, they said your nuts are too big after all that shit. You can't fit through the door, yeah. baby. Welcome to Walmart. Get your shit and get out. Get your shit and get out. <laughs> Thank you, Walter. But I mean, look, look. I, I, I'll say this right now. I mean, if, if you're a veteran, you're a hero. No matter what you, did. I mean, right. some some people didn't see any any type of combat. And they say, well, I'm not a veteran. Yes, you are. Because you did your job. You, you did what was required of the United States for you to do at that time. So don't think for one second that there aren't people out there that care about you, care about what you do. Um, I can't express it enough that just one of that 22, if we can save just one of those 22. One a day, yeah. Damn, we we did our job. We did our job. You know what would be a cool job, though? For a veteran that just got out of the military to answer phone calls for other veterans that are going through shit. You did. That would be awesome. So why do we have to have a social worker degree? Or why do we have to have a degree in psychology to answer Call me. Yeah. Yeah. Let them talk to somebody that's been through what they've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's that's one of the biggest problems you get is, is you feel like nobody understands. Yeah. The hell, talk to somebody that understands. Yeah, if you talk, to, if I tell a doctor what's going through my head, I don't trust the, I don't trust anything that that doctor says back to me because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But if I tell somebody who's been there and done that, I'm going to listen to what they have to say when I when I'm done telling them what I'm going through because yeah, like maybe they've been through. You. Yeah. yeah. So I know we're going to cut this off here in a little bit. It's been a little while and it's been a whole lot of fun. Um, I want to push a little bit and tell everybody. About the shows and stuff. Is that okay, Shane? We go ahead. And yeah, do, you do some plug. You plug what you so, guys. So are we're going to plug this. Um, 
And, of course, I'm not trying to make any money off this, so y'all just got to listen to me and you got to like it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, with what he was saying, too, before I get into this is, uh, I mean, veterans, we absolutely love you. I'm one. There's two more in here with me tonight that I know of. I didn't get to talk to y'all about any of that. No, nah, we're not. Nah, me, but, me and Mike that, ain't veterans. That's the thing. You're yeah. supporters, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you. Veterans love veterans. They also love the supporters, okay? Because if you're a true supporter and not one of those people like that boy I met in Oak Hill trying to pretend he was a ranger in the, let me tell you, 209th Battalion, <laughs> if you know anything about rangers, you know that there's very few actual battalions. Yeah. You can count them on the one hand. Where we go from 5th group to 209th? <laughs> you got I wasn't going to put that out there because somebody will use it to try to lie to somebody. But anyway, um, supporters, we love the supporters too. I mean, if you're a supporter, then hell, we love you just as much as we love our brothers because that's, that's what we need. But uh, real quick, talking about supporters, man, we need y'all support. If you can share this, share the Facebook sites, share the podcast, man. We need some listeners on here because this is, I tell you what, I just started listening a couple of days ago and Shane messaged me and we haven't stopped yet. My wife and I both absolutely love it. As a matter of fact, Mike, right? She said she... Huh? That's Mike? Okay, not yeah. Mike. You're That's uh, Brian. Brian. Brian, holy crap. Okay, black guy Brian, I got you. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, Brian, she said she wanted to hang out with you and go fishing. You like to fish? I've fished before. Okay, I'm just saying, she's planning on taking you fishing already. She's like, I can hang out with that guy. He gets it. Cause she, I'm telling you, she's been listening just as hardcore as I am. But uh, you guys out there that hear this, I know I'm going to share the shit out of it, and everybody is too. Uh, first, that's what we need you to do. Share this, get the message out. Veterans need help, and uh, and we need to, you know, pull together to try and get it to them. Uh, Rook 22 is doing an awesome job. We need to share their stuff and get it out there. And uh, the more we share it, the more people it gets to, maybe the more lives we can save. Amen. And uh, the Amen. George Dorn Band, the Trailer Park Poets, everything that's associated with George Dorn music, uh, we, are, we are absolutely willing to work together every chance we get. Um, but right now, I need you guys to share this, to tell other people about it, and make them listen, uh, send them out to these shows, uh, which is going to be our first one um, we're doing for this benefit. It's going to be the 19th of this month, February 19th. It's going to be at the Sophia VFW in Midway. Uh, it's easy to find. You just throw that in Google, Sophia VFW. Easy. Located in Midway. It's easy. They're going to let you in. It's going to be a good time. It's relaxed. Nothing sad about it. We're going to go in. We're going to talk about what we're doing, and we're going to have a good time. Um, uh, right there will be all tips. All tips. The door fee. I think they're going to raffle off some stuff. My buddy uh, Brad over here from Ruck 22 West Virginia is going to be uh, selling some merchandise, and all the proceeds are being donated to the family as well as the tips and the door fees. Um, after that, we're going to be... What, hey, George. Go ahead. What is the door fee? Okay. What does it cost to get into, to see you guys perform, to leave tips? That is an excellent question. Uh, and I usually forget to leave that out because normally the places we play do not charge a cover. And uh, the VFW said they're going to charge a cover to make sure that money comes in to go to this family. Okay. So the VFW is charging a $5 cover per person. And every penny of that cover charge of people coming through is being donated to the family uh, through us, which is awesome. So they've, they've partnered with us, try to help us out. And anything that they sell that night, as far as the raffle tickets and the 50-50s and stuff like that, they're donating. 
So the VFW is awesome. Uh, you guys, if you get a chance to go donate, go donate to your VFW and, and veteran services as well. Uh, the next one after that is going to be Skyline. Uh, my buddy Brad's going to be there too with Ruck 22. Um, Mike, if you're listening, old Mike Turner up there kind of runs the place. He's a great dude. Uh, the food is phenomenal. So if nothing else, if you hate the music, come up there and I'm telling you, get you some shrimp and grits. Oh, or some fried green tomatoes. Yes, sir. I see you leaning forward. I said, I said shrimp and grits, and holy shit, it's the best thing I ever had in my life. I'm not even kidding. Okay, you're going to come up and get some of that. I promise you, you will not regret it. Uh, but we'll be playing up here. It'll be the George Dorn Band. Uh, so we'll be playing all kinds of stuff. You, you're going to come up. You're going to live it. We want to pack the place. Every bit of the tips are going to go to this family. Uh, no door charge there. Uh, drinks, good people, good food, and a great time. And then right after that, if uh, any of you are up around Charleston area, Shrewsbury, y'all come out to the Mason-Dixon. Y'all go see my buddy Jim who runs the place. Uh, the Mason-Dixon in Shrewsbury, West Virginia. Um, I'm not sure on the door. They usually don't charge one, I think. I'm not sure if they're doing one uh, that night or well, not. Well, let us, if, if they do, let us know. I'll post it on Definitely our, in our the, Facebook. And yeah, I'll put it on. You can the, put it on yours. I'll put it on ours too. So anybody the, that is like a fan of you or us or whatever will see it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, that place, if you guys get to make it up there, it is awesome. I mean, it is a number one music venue, stage, lights, and uh, I went up there last night to do some promoting, and the place was absolutely packed. It was good. Uh, a lot of local bands are helping us out with this stuff by letting people know what's going on. So the nineteenth of February. The VFW in Sophia, Sophia VFW in Midway, sorry. Um, the 25th of February, Skyline Lodge in Gent, West Virginia. It's right before you get to Winter Place where everybody likes to tube and ski. So Gent, West Virginia. And then the 26th in Shrewsbury, West Virginia, the Mason-Dixon. Plug it into your uh, GPS or your Google. It's easy to find or go to... Um, you can find it on our Facebook. Um, just search for George Dorn Music under Facebook. That'll take you to the George Dorn Band. You can also look at uh, the Trailer Park Poets. Yes, I said God that correctly. Damn, it's a the bad trailer name. name. It is. The God Trailer damn. Park Poets. Yes, sir. If you want to find it even easier, just use the little at symbol. Uh, nineteen eighty or no at symbol eighty seven Ford. Yes. Just saying, I, I just sold one. That was my truck I was trying to sell at the time. So that's that's it. 87 Ford. I wish I could throw a bullet. Oh, no. It was an F-350 four-door, son. And it was huge. But I, I just had to let it go. I cried as it left the yard. But uh, you can go to that. And you can go to www. What is that? www. Let me get my West Virginia on. G db-music.com and you can find everything from there it's it's too easy and uh, these guys here are going to give you their facebook sites and everything to go with there well you know where we're at if you listen to us try not to get sued on facebook email is try not to get sued at gmail <laughs> so that's that's where we're at what's up brad yeah so i'm like i said ruck 22 wv I'm, type that in on Facebook. I'm also at www.ruck22wv.com. Uh, That's ruck22wv, as in West Virginia, .com. And uh, hit me up on there. Look up the, the upcoming events. Look at 
future events for the rest of this year. Well, I tell you what, for somebody with a bad memory, that was the longest fucking plug I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. All right, take it easy.